and it is the Vacation Bible School Scripture for the week. And it says this, But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Father, thank you for uh, what the children have done here this morning. Lord, blessing us in your name. Father, we thank you for the uh, songs that have been lifted up in praise to you, and we pray that for the remainder of this service, dear God, that we would just concentrate wholly on you and what you have for us today to learn and to pray for the children of our church and of our community this week, that they would learn and grow and know about Jesus and that they may have an encounter with him this week that will not only change their life, but change their eternity. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said earlier, um, got back yesterday, late last, yesterday evening, early last night, from Ararat, Virginia, from Carpenters for Christ. And it was a really great experience to be a part of that ministry and to be a part of what was going on there. I was able through those two or three days to encounter so many people that I would never get to encounter in my life if it weren't for a ministry such as Carpenters for Christ. Also, you know, in the past, I've been able to go on mission trips, been able to go uh, different places uh, through our church and, and to do those things. And I have made some amazing relationships and friendships and had some great encounters with people that I would never have known if it weren't for those opportunities. And this weekend, I was around guys who have so many different skills in life. I was around carpenters and plumbers and electricians and, and people who know all about building and, and, and all those different things, that they, the skills that they brought there. And then I was around pastors and musicians and lay people and deacons and Sunday school teachers, all these different people from probably five or six different cities around the southeast. And all those different skills and all those different things and all, all those different uh, variety of, of opportunities. And here's what brought us all together. It's one thing that brought all these different people with all these different personalities and all these different skills. It was that at one point in our life, we had an encounter with Jesus Christ and that encounter with Jesus Christ changed our life and changed how we look at life and changed our eternity and because of that these people come together and they do these things to help other churches in their community to do things to be able to reach their community for the Lord Jesus Christ you know what God created us for encounters God created a great big world that we are a part of and he, he created us to have an encounter with him through Jesus Christ and then to encounter as many people as we possibly could to share the love and the gospel and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't just change me for this life, but he changed me for eternity. And he, through his word, God introduces himself in incredible ways to us all. And he shows us through his word that he is perfectly faithful that he is perfectly true, that he is compassionate, that he is merciful. He shows us that we are not perfect. His word points out to us that we aren't perfect, but he also points out to us 
that we have an opportunity through what Jesus Christ did on a cross at Calvary and through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have an opportunity to know that our sins are forgiven and that we have life eternal with Him. And when, we, uh, when that happens to us, we have the opportunity to let other people know about it. Jesus made it clear. He made it very clear that His purpose was to make a way for every person to have an opportunity to receive that forgiveness and enjoy eternal life with God. Jesus wants each of us to encounter his love and to be born again. And when we truly meet him, guess what? We're never the same. We're never the same from that moment when we have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what our children and children in this community are going to learn about this week as they go in the wild through Vacation Bible School. And if you've ever been a part of Vacation Bible School, I can't believe, I can't think of a more appropriate title than in the wild because some days it's in the wild ain't it <laughs> some days you just overrun with the wild but isn't it wonderful to know that at the end of that vacation bible school that there are children whose lives have been changed for eternity there's been a lot of hard work going into the last couple of weeks here miss diane bates started working back in march she's been working ever since then and there if you walk around our church and you look, you see all of the things that are going on. You see this stage and you see the rooms and, and all the effort that the adults in this church go into not to impress children, not to impress families, all right, but it is impressive, but to draw those children in and to show them the love of Jesus Christ. Because these adults, at one point, these adults and these teenagers that will be working here this week there was a point in time where they had an encounter with Jesus Christ and it changed their life so much that they're willing to work this hard to put all these things together so that children will have an opportunity to know Jesus Christ so when you pray this week don't only pray for the children but pray, pray for every adult who will be leading here and every teenager that will be working and helping in vacation Bible school Let's look at what our children are going to learn this week. First of all, our children are going to learn something very important, that the Old Testament foretold the Messiah. All of the Old Testament is foretelling that someday there will be a Messiah who would come. That Messiah was Jesus Christ. And, and every word there is pointing us to Jesus. Now, I'm excited by the fact that our children are going to begin in Genesis chapter 3, right after the fall at creation, right after the fall of Adam and Eve. It's where our children are going to pick up this great story. You know, it's wonderful to me to know that the people who wrote this are beginning at the beginning and laying a foundation for our children to know what happened there in the very beginning. And that even in the beginning... When man and woman fell, and when they were at, made to leave the perfect garden of Eden, that even at that point in Genesis chapter 3, God let Adam and Eve know this is not the end, though. There will someday be a Messiah who will come. And he made it clear in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15 when he said these words to them, he said these words to Satan, 
He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He's talking about the Messiah who would come someday and who would restore order to what they've been messed up there in the garden. And our children are going to learn that because of that, we have been born into a world of sin and that we have to take care of that sin. But that everything that was written in the Old Testament is telling us the good news that a Messiah was coming who was going to take care of our sin. And the Old Testament tells us that God used these Old Testament prophets to provide clear glimpses of the identity of the Messiah. Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 through 3. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now guess what? When our kids learn that verse and when they're taught about that verse, you know what they're going to be taught about on the flip side of that? That one day in the temple, a man named Jesus stood up and he went before the whole assembly there in the temple and he opened up those words from Isaiah and he read those scriptures and guess who he was talking about? He, he told them there, he let it be known that Isaiah was talking about who? He was talking about him. And he was saying, my ministry has begun and I am here now to begin this and, and the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and I'm going to bring the message of the kingdom. That's what our children are going to be learning about this week. And it's exciting to know that they're going to know that this Old Testament is not just a bunch of stories and a bunch of history that was written, but every bit of it is prophecy that's telling about Jesus who's going to come. Every bit of it is pointing us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're going to know that by the end of the week. Then they're going to know that Jesus himself declared himself to be the Son of God. Even as a 12-year-old boy, Jesus acknowledged his unique relationship with God the Father. Have any of y'all ever lost your kids? Some of you are looking like, well, I'm wanting to, but, I, you know, I might get in trouble. I, I wonder sometimes if Adam and Patty, do y'all do roll call? <laughs> count heads. I've lost my children. I'm the preacher. I'm going to admit that this morning. I've lost my children. I got home from church one Sunday, and I was standing in the kitchen, and I was calling for Grayson, and Grayson wasn't answering me. And every time I would call Grayson's name, I would get madder and madder, and I'd think, boy, when, I, when he finally answers me, I'm going to wear him out. And by that time, I looked down, and I was getting a phone call, and I, I opened it and said, Britton Sanford. And I opened up my phone, and I, I answered the phone. And I said, what is it, Britton? He said, did you lose anything? And I said, I, not that I know of. I looked, and my Bible was there. He said, well, I've got Grayson here at the church with me. You went off and left him. <laughs> and, I, and, and Britton said it in a way that I was always getting on to Britton about something. 
And Britain said it in a way like, aha, I've got something on you now. I, I, I'm going to hold this over your head for a while. So I ran back to the church and I got him and, and I, I said, hey, Britain, it would be nice you didn't tell anybody. And he just smiled, oh, I won't. <laughs> that evening when I got to church, everybody knew. <laughs> I've never lost a child on a mission trip. I prided myself in the fact that I'd never lost a child on a mission trip. I lost Dennis Ragsdale in the Bahamas one time, but I'd never lost a student that I was responsible for. I got to my very last mission trip as a youth minister. We were in New Orleans. I was on the, I was on the back end of it. I was, we were almost finished with the whole trip. And I, was, I, I, I thought, you know, I can end my career knowing I've never lost a child. We're heading over a bridge there in New Orleans, and I get a phone call back from the seminary, from the dorm. Uh, we have one of your students here. I look around on the bus, and I can't figure out which one it is. It was Bryson. <laughs> I had lost Bryson, or I had left Bryson, and it was my fault, but I couldn't let the group know that. I couldn't let everybody know that I, you know, they were all thinking, oh, he did that on purpose. So I got back to the dorm, and there's Bryson coming out, and he's got his head down, and he's walking, and, and I get up to him, and I get him by the shoulders, and I tell him, I said, make out like I'm really chewing you out, because this is my fault, but I want all of them to think it was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I put him on that van, I told him, get on crying. <laughs> So I can identify with Joseph and Mary here this morning because one time they lost Jesus. Jesus was, they had been there in Jerusalem and they had left Jerusalem and they were traveling back and guess what they discovered on the way back? They didn't have Jesus with them. Jesus was 12 years old at the time. And when they get back to the temple and they find Jesus, Jesus says something to them as a 12-year-old boy that is very telling and prophetic he says to them don't you know that I have to be about what about my father's business I'm here they, they, he, when they found him he was debating the scholars and, and, and talking to them and he said don't you know that I have to be about my father's business he proclaimed there in, the, in that moment who he was and what he was about our children this week are going to learn that even as a young man, Jesus, Jesus was telling them, this is what I'm here for. This is why I came. While Jesus encountered people to heal, he encountered people to teach, and he encouraged during his ministry, Jesus' greatest purpose was to pay for their sins. Jesus came to make his forgiveness available to everyone. In Luke 19.10, he said these words, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I want you to think about that. Jesus said that. Think about the encounters that Jesus had. Yeah, Jesus had encounters with thousands of people at one time, but Jesus never lost sight of the one. You see, in John chapter 3, there Nicodemus, the, the, the teacher, the scholar, he came to Jesus at night, and Jesus explained to him that even you, Nicodemus, as much as you know and as much as you've taught, even you, Nicodemus, have to be born again. Then he, you see Jesus traveling through a, a little town, and he sees a, a little man up in a sycamore tree, 
And Jesus knows this man is just as crooked as that tree that he climbed. And Jesus walks up to him and in front of everybody there, everybody knows that Zacchaeus is, is a thief and that he cheats them. And Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus and he says, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. You're fixing lunch for me today. We're going to your house. We see Jesus, as we talked about a few weeks ago, in Samaria with the woman at the well, and he offered her a drink that she would never thirst again. He had revealed himself to her after talking to her for a little while. In John chapter 4, verse 25 and 26, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. He had a daily encounter. Jesus knew that as he walked through this earth that every day he was going to have an encounter with individuals and it was imperative for him on every individual level to tell those people who he was. Our children are going to learn this week that every day of their life they're going to have encounters with other people. They're going to have individual encounters with other people and it is important for them in everyday life to know who Jesus is and to be able to tell people that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came to save them from their sins. Look, this lady, this Samaritan woman at the well, when she gained that forgiveness, she didn't keep it to herself. Verses 39 through 42 of the same chapter say, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. She had a changed life. You know what a changed life does? A changed life looks to see others in need of Christ and to tell them who Jesus is. They, Jesus told other people that he was the Son of God. And then, this is so important, our children are going to learn this week that Jesus wants them to have an amazing encounter with him. Through the death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus has done everything to make his forgiveness available to everyone today. In Acts chapter 2, he said, the, the, the Bible says this, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our children are going to know this week that Jesus came, he lived, he, he died, he was buried, and he was resurrected to make sure that they could have forgiveness available to them, and it is available to them this week as we go through Vacation Bible School. And God wants them to know that they can have a relationship with him and that they can have eternal life. In 1 John 5, 13, John writes these great words about assurance, about the assurance of salvation. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I know that I have eternal life. 
I know that if before this day is over, if I leave this world through death, I know that my life has really just begun because I have eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next week holds, but I know no matter what, I have eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard one of the saddest testimonies I've ever heard um, this week. A man stood and, and gave a testimony about his family, about his stepfather. And his stepfather, and he didn't have a really good relationship, and he said that his stepfather died just a little while ago, and that after the funeral and the family was together, some people got together, and he was sitting in one room, and he was listening to them in the other room, and his, his, his stepfather had followed another, uh, another religion. And he was sitting in, the, in one room as they were sitting. And they were sitting at a dining room table, he said. And he said they began to try to assure each other that he had done enough good that he was in heaven. And he said, I sat in the other room brokenhearted. And he said they began to say, well, he did this. And then he did this, and he did these things. You know what? I bet he's in heaven. And that man who gave that testimony said, I went home, and I told my family, and I made sure that everybody in my family knows when I leave this world, it's not about anything good that I did, but it's about the good that Jesus did, and it's about the righteousness of Jesus, and it's about the fact that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that my sins are forgiven, and when I leave this world, don't you sit around wondering about where I am. I'll be in heaven waiting on you. What? Amen. It's all right. What a, what, what a wonderful thing to know that we can know every day of our life that when we leave this world, we're going to heaven. I have preached some funerals for some people in this church that I have lived with and breathed with and sweated with and, and worked with and, and ministered with. And when I stood, when it was my obligation and my honor to stand behind a podium, I didn't have to say, well, oh, so-and-so over here, they did this good work, or they did that good work, or they did... I knew through the testimony of their life and through the movement of the Holy Spirit that was evident in their life that their life was with Jesus. Their whole hope had been in Jesus. Everything about their life had been about Jesus being first. And when I stood there, I didn't have to try to preach them into heaven. They were already in heaven saying, I'm waiting on you, Michael. What a wonderful testimony. And our children, even at the young age that they are, are going to be taught this week that they can have assurance that when they leave this life, because they have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and because he has forgiven them of their sins, they can know that they have life eternal with Christ. And they're going to learn this week that God wants to begin a relationship with them before it's eternally too late. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 2, this is Paul writing, and he says, For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Our kids are going to learn this week, and this is what I love about what we do. Our kids are going to learn 
that vacation Bible school is fun, that va vacation Bible school is exciting, that vacation Bible school is, is tiring, but that the most important thing is that vacation Bible school this week is about Jesus Christ and about making sure that they know that they have a relationship with Him and that they know for certain that their eternity is secure with Him and that they know this week that, it's, that even though they're young, they shouldn't sit and think, well, I'll do that when I'm older. I'll take care of that later on. I'll worry about that later. I got, I got enough to do right now. They're going to learn that this is important, and it's important to do it as soon as God speaks to your heart, as soon as you know that the Holy Spirit has pointed you to Jesus, even if it's for the first time, that that is the time to take care of your soul and your eternity is then. This is the week. This is important. This is the most, this is the biggest outreach that we do as a church every year is Vacation Bible School. And I want you to commit to me today that this evening that you're going to pray, that this, this morning as we finish, you're going to pray, and that you're going to pray this week. You're going to pray for our, our teachers, our workers, the people who are doing recreation, who are in the kitchen, the people who are doing security, driving a van, Everything is just as important as the other thing because they all support each other. People who are doing snacks, that's important. Um, everything is important and everything has a purpose. And I want you to commit to praying for those today. But maybe you're here this morning and you've heard what I've had to say and you are thinking, you know, I'm not a child, but I, I've heard what was said through the Word of God this morning Something is speaking in my heart. I want to finish by telling you this. This is what our children are going to hear this week about how to know Christ as their Savior. First of all, they're going to, they're going to hear the ABCs. They're going to know that they have to admit that they are a sinner. They're going to have to admit that they have sin in their life and that they can't take care of that sin on their own through their good works or through their um, through their own merit or through what they do but only God can take care of that and they're going to learn that B is they believe they believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth was born of a virgin that he lived a sinless life and that one day he went to a cross and he shed his blood for our sins and our forgiveness and that he was taken from that cross and that he was buried and three days later he rose from that tomb and over 500 people physically saw him afterwards and that not only the Bible tells us this but Jewish historians of that period of time also tell of Jesus' resurrection. It's not that it is a historical fact and that Jesus afterwards ascended back to the Father in heaven, and that he is there waiting for us. And then they're going to learn see that they confess that with their mouth, that they believe that Christ is who he said he was and is, and that, they, that he is the only one who can forgive them of their sins. And then that they know that they 
have salvation and forgiveness of their sins. This morning, whether you're 8 or whether you're 80, that opportunity is available to you right now. As Darren comes to lead us in a time of invitation and worship, a time of reflection, if you're here this morning and that is you and you want to know how to have eternal life, I can. I am here. I will be one, more. It would be the most joyous thing I do this week to be able to share with you how to know Christ as your Savior. Maybe you understand where you're sitting, what I just said, and you want to pray and you want to ask God to forgive you of your sins through what Jesus did for you. I encourage you to do that, but I encourage you to let someone know today. I'm going to ask those who will during this time of invitation if you want to pray where you are, but if you want to come to these altars or around these pews and you want to pray for Vacation Bible to School this week, I want to encourage you to do that. Whatever you do during this time, please do it wisely and give this time to God. Father, as we stand, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have this week with Vacation Bible School. I pray that children in our church and children in our community will come here, that they will feel the love of Jesus through what we do, and that they will be drawn to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I pray this week that we would, you would give us the endurance that we need, and you would help us to give our all this week through the ministry that we will do here. Father, if there's anyone here this morning who needs to make a decision known, salvation, baptism, membership, whatever it is, I pray that they would do so at this time. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.